Hey, love bugs. Welcome to the Love Without Limits podcast, where we tear down relationship barriers and we redefine how you see love, receive love, and create love. Because you, girlfriend, deserve to be loved without limits. Well, hey, love bugs. Welcome to the Love Without Limits podcast. My name is Lakira Duff, and I am your host for this podcast. So you ladies know, I like to call this your morning, middle of the day, or middle of the night love motivation. Where I pop into your day, I give you a tip, a tool, a tactic, a different way of thinking about love, marriage, your relationship with yourself, and I get out of the way because I understand we are all very busy women. So just give me a little bit of your time because I have some very special ladies with me today. So I have the ladies of Raising Resilience here with me and they're licensed clinical mental health counselors and they specialize in women's health. But today I want them to talk to me about um, how they specialize and how they work with millennial moms um, navigating that transition in life like after um, you have a baby, that postpartum phase um, and just that relationship that you have with yourself, what does that look like? How does that change? Um, Like people told me about like what the baby was going to need and sleep when the baby sleeps and all these other things about like what's going to happen with the kid. But nobody really talked to me about what was going to happen to me, that relationship that I had with myself, what was going to be going on with my body and my mind. Um, So I think it's very important and which is why I wanted to bring these ladies on and have this conversation. So let's get right to it. Okay, so I have Tiffany and Whitney here. Um, These are the ladies of Raising Resilience. And so I don't think I could do an intro good enough for them and explain what they do. Um, So I want them to do it for me. So I have Tiffany and I have Whitney. You guys introduce yourself and just let us know like in 60 seconds or less, who is Tiffany and who is Whitney? (laughs) Um, So... I could do better. I could do like 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I am Tiffany Bishop. I'm a licensed mental um, health counselor. I am certified in perinatal mental health, just meaning that I help women who are transitioning in their reproductive journey, whether they have children, want to have children, or they're pregnant. Um, I am also a mother of two, and my firstborn is really what drove me into raising resilience and being a maternal mental health counselor and it is something that I am so passionate about because I know that this time is so hard Mm -hmm. and we need all the help and support that we can give. I agree. I agree. Okay, I'm Whitney. Me and Tiffany hold the same licensure, same (laughs) certifications. So all of that um, is great in that sense. Um, I think the biggest thing with raising resilience and who we are is making sure that women can make a transformation transformation when they enter therapy. Because one thing we would like to say is when people to see people that look like them can relate to them, but also making sure you're getting what you need out of therapy, not just coming to talk, but actually getting what you need to be successful in your journey and becoming a mom, fertility journey, infant loss, even like breastfeeding relationships. All of those things that are just super important um, through womenhood and just navigating through that. So I think we're trying our best to help make maternal mental health relatable, but also accessible for women that look like us. Mm-hmm. I love that. And honestly, that was like because um, just to be just to be honest, I just started therapy um, and I actually started working with uh, Tiffany and um one of the things that drew me to you guys was the fact that 
Well, when I decided that I did want to start therapy, it was because of all of the changes that I was going through um, after I became a mother. But then honestly, seeing someone that looks like me telling me like y'all's Instagram and stuff was like telling me like, you know what, I... I'm not alone. I'm by, I'm not by myself. And like, mm -hmm, it's yeah. one, it's, I think having someone that looks like you that understands like your background and a lot of the struggles that we may have. Um, I was like, okay, I feel like they can be relate, like they can understand what I am going through. Um, mm -hmm. so that's like, honestly, one of the things that drew me to you guys as well. Um, so got, how long have you guys been in practice? Like how, how did, this whole thing start like was it just an idea or were you guys always a therapist and then you decided to um buckle down and I don't know the exact terminology but get like <laughs> in, in maternal health like what did that look like so we have been therapists for almost 10 years so Whitney and I went to grad school together we graduated for A&T okay um, and we um started off working at a agency where we solely focused on kids, right? Like that was majority of our population. We saw kids, we saw kids that were coming from DSS. And so we had a lot of um, DSS referrals. We had a lot of school um, referrals and community referrals. And so we were doing this for, for, we were doing that for a while. And then we started like seeing the influx in like, teenage pregnant girls um, yeah. from agencies and community community referrals where um, housing was an issue. So these teenage girls were becoming pregnant and their families were like putting them out. And so they were staying at different um, facilities where they were trying to get their needs met, whether it was uh, financial needs or housing needs and emotional needs, which is why they were coming to the agency that we were working at. And so Whitney and I were like, it was really resonating with us, their stories. And so Raising Resilience initially started off as a nonprofit because we wanted to provide a space, um, community outreach and programs to support these young girls. Mm -hmm. And so in trying to like develop a niche in that, we came across this training hosted by Postpartum um, Support International. And there we learned about perinatal mood anxiety disorders and about this time what well, we've been therapists for about what, six mm -hmm. about six years mm -hmm. and this is our first time like ever hearing about these diagnoses yeah in this yeah. like context and this specific and this thorough and we were like what in the world mm -hmm. like nobody ever told us about like this is not something we learned in school and at mm -hmm. this point I had just had my first daughter um my first child I don't even know if she was a year yet maybe mm -hmm. she just some, some around that. I think I had her in 2017. We went to the training in 2018. So mm -hmm. she wasn't a year. She was about to be or just turned. Mm -hmm. And so it was really resonating with me and hitting home for me because I was just like, wow, this is what was happening? Like that or is happening? Because yeah. just a year. And I'm like, oh my God, me as a therapist myself, if I did not have this information, I can imagine like people who are not therapists and on the other end of the mm -hmm. spectrum who don't have this information and how like life-changing it could be if they knew like this is what was going on and most importantly this wasn't your fault I remember having a conversation with my husband before I had my daughter and he was like he was trying to like be shady honestly <laughs> and it was like it was like man Tiff 
I don't, I don't know, like I, you might, um, you might like experience postpartum. And of course, nobody knew any terms then. It was just like, you might experience postpartum after you had a baby because you're just so emotional. And I'm like, F you. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. And, and I remember my specific words to him was like, no, I want this baby too bad to like experience that. Mm-hmm. And so when I learned everything that I learned, it was like, oh, so who cares if I wanted her this mm-hmm. bad, right? That doesn't shield me from experiencing these challenges and this difficulty because it's not about me. It's about this, this vulnerable transitional time mm-hmm. that I'm in. Yeah. Um, and so that really is when we, then COVID hit a little while after that. It did. And so we were like, okay, we tired of working at this agency. We tired mm-hmm. of seeing these, these kids <laughs> through the computer screen. This ain't mm-hmm. working. Like we need it for real, for real get into like really what we wanted to do and so that's how we kind of expanded from focusing on like teenage pregnant women or you know mothers mm-hmm. um and just like okay we gotta help everybody we gotta help yeah. all the black mothers all, yeah. all the women who are pregnant who already have kids who who want to have kids and have not yet or mm-hmm. can't have them or like are struggling to have them like we just can't keep this to ourselves like everybody needs to know this because mm-hmm. this is just it's too it's too much we can't navigate this on our own as black Mm -hmm. women yeah I honestly don't think that I knew about like postpartum depression and stuff like it's one of those terms that you hear and it's kind of thrown Mm -hmm. around but nobody really knows what it is or like Mm -hmm. what it looks like or like is there a cure for like nobody really knows and like you said it doesn't really matter how bad you want because for me when I first started thinking about it, it was like Oh, well, I'm always a really happy person. So I don't really think that's going to happen. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a good support system and like, you know, I just, there's nothing for me to be upset about. So I don't understand, like, it was so much. And I think if you've never had a baby before, it's hard for you to understand. And even now having a baby, being a mom, I'm, it's still hard for me to put into words, like everything Mm -hmm. that I went through. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yeah. so um, if you could just share, like, what are some of the common things that you see um, when you guys meet with your moms? Um, like, what are some of the common struggles um, that you see? Um, I think I think you just said one of them is like being able to put it in words, what you're feeling, mm-hmm. because a lot of times it is hard to explain what you're actually feeling. It may not be just sadness. It may not just be irritability. <laughs> um, it may not just be like, because how do you describe I don't feel like myself? Because the next question is someone may ask you. So what do you typically feel like? Mm-hmm. So like things like that, I think also trying to meet unrealistic expectations. Um, Because I think going into motherhood, you have these expectations of what you've seen, what you experienced. So we have a lot of moms that come from a place of I want to do better than my own mother or I want to do the same or I want to do this differently. So sometimes we go into it with these unrealistic expectations. And then another one that I think contributes to a lot of that postpartum depression and anxiety is trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. Um, Like feeling like I have to. And I always ask my clients, who said you have to? Like, who said you had to get up, take the meat out the freezer, get the baby <laughs> together, take a nap, do the laundry, get up, feed you? Like, when they give me their laundry list of all the things they have to get, I was like, who says you got to do that? Like, that's, no, that's, yeah. that's so crazy. Yeah, like, who said, like, I'm just trying to figure out. And then just that feeling of like, well, I'm a first time mom. So, 
you know, like, I don't want people looking at me in this way. Um, I think another one is like sexuality and intimacy. Like your body is different. Like being comfortable with how you feel about yourself sexually in that um, moment. I think body image is real big. I see with a lot of women. Um, I think even being able how you show up as a mom, like the expectations of the kind of mom you thought you would be Mm -hmm. um, transitioning into having a second child. Like I have so many moms where we have several sessions around what it will look like to take on another child. And will that be an additional stressor for them? Um, So a lot of it is just those expectations that kind of filter into when we see the more clinical stuff of the depression, the anxiety. Um, So a lot of the filters into that, even thinking about the body symptoms, recovery, support, Mm. I think support is a big one because we often think what support may look like. And sometimes it don't look like that when you have a baby. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of things, but I do think communication, um, body image, recovery, support, being able to even describe what you are feeling, shame, guilt, a lot of that comes up is some of the things that boil to the top that mm-hmm. causes a lot of like challenges for new mothers and dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Well, I was just going to say, I agree, like all of that in one. And then like when Whitney mentioned those unrealistic expectations, like, and we have these high expectations for ourselves and not because, you know, we're doing it on purpose. We just take on, you know, um, the societal and cor- cultural norms. And we think that we are supposed to be able to do it all. And then when we can't, you know, when we realize that we can't, um, there's this sense of like guilt that Mm -hmm. we feel like mom guilt is really heavy in in my sessions with my Mm -hmm. clients in addition to um, feeling like they're failing, right? Like, I'm just not a good mother. I'm not good enough. And it's like, no, girl, you the bomb. You just like, you got some high expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so funny you say that. And I just thought about this last night, not even um, putting two and two together that we would talk about this today. But um, when I was pregnant, I was so used to being able to literally do it all. Um, mm-hmm. I was so used to being able to get the laundry done, get the dishes done, like in like working from home, I had the, I would have the ability just to get it all done. Like the household chores, groceries, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. Um, not that it wasn't hard to get it all done, but like, I knew I could get it done. And this being my first baby it was very hard for me to accept the fact that like I am tired and like Mm -hmm. go 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 like I used to and so um I tried I bought my husband bought me like a little calendar and it listed out um the days of the week and um I like tried okay well I'm gonna do laundry on Mondays and I'm gonna do the dishes on Tuesday but what happens when the laundry is backed up and like you can't wait till Wednesday (laughs) like that calendar just didn't work and as much as I tried to like find some balance or as Tiffany has taught me harmony like Mm -hmm. it just was working but on Sunday one of the things that I wrote in that box was give yourself grace mm-hmm. and yeah. that was even hard to do because I was just so hard on myself my expectation was like because in the past I was able to do it all I feel like I should mm-hmm. still be able to do it all mm-hmm. it's just been so I mean even now with the baby here and she's about to be 18 months I still feel like I just can't do it like I used to do it and yeah. I'm still trying to get used to not being able to do it the way I used to do it and mm-hmm. get 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that might be what's happening in this season for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like as she gets older, as she's be able, once she's able to be more independent, you'll find that you are getting pieces of maybe not your old self, but some kind of like sense of comfort. Because I think we're forever changed once mm-hmm. we have children. Mm-hmm. But you know, so maybe it's not like your old self, but stuff that still feels safe and feels comfortable mm-hmm. and familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And so I probably should have um, had you guys answer this question first, but let's get to it now. What exactly, can you please like, define and like describe what exactly is postpartum depression and also once you describe and um explain what exactly is postpartum anxiety now postpartum anxiety was not something I didn't know about that until like Mm -hmm. literally right before I called and set up a session with Tiffany and it was just like this is all making sense um Mm -hmm. but I want you guys as the as the experts in the field like explain to the women what is this um, what are they? And then two, uh, to piggyback off of that, like, how does it show up in your life? Mm-hmm. 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 So, so there is so many, like we, we can focus on postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, but I also want, um, your audience to know that those aren't even the only two diagnoses that, that falls under that. Okay. Well, bring it, bring it all. Cause look, that's <laughs> all. Bring it all to me. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> So, so the postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety are very common. And the postpartum anxiety is probably more common than depression. But those are the two that's like high up there. Mm-hmm. But we also have things like postpartum OCD, which is kind of like a um, cousin to postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those like compulsive, obsessive, disorder type things where like, you know, repetitive thoughts, repetitive actions, intrusive thoughts that kind of like come into your mind that disrupt your day. Um, and then we have the postpartum and and all of these things too can happen in pregnancy even though we're using the term postpartum Mm -hmm. um and so then there's like the bipolar one and two disorders and and those are like experiencing those high highs and those low lows Mm -hmm. um um in in those those moods and then we have uh of ptsd postpartum ptsd and so typically that's when um our clients have experienced some type of birth trauma. You know, mm-hmm. their birthing plan did not go the way that they intended it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like postpartum PTSD in its in a nutshell. Um, but it could be as simple as like, you didn't want to have a dura and you needed to get one. Mm-hmm. Or it could be something as, you know, intense or severe as like, you had to be rushed to emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's really no, nobody gets to tell you what trauma is. Mm-hmm. um you know you can define that for you mm-hmm. and then we got postpartum psychosis yes. which is often painted as postpartum depression mm-hmm. like recently in the news um I think a lady had a episode of postpartum psychosis and people often will say oh she had postpartum depression mm-hmm. postpartum psychosis is very serious it is very rare mm-hmm. um but it tends to get the most media outlet and so even with me and Tiffany we did a presentation on how postpartum psychosis looks different for black women because we're usually jailed or imprisoned mm-hmm. um, when it happens to us. And I know no one wants to talk about it, but there is in those instances where a mom harms herself or her babies. Um, and so me and Tiff like to be very clear on the differences between postpartum depression and postpartum um, psychosis because they are not the same. Um, Someone with depression or anxiety is very least likely to ever harm themselves or their baby. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I like to always. And and with that postpartum psychosis too, um, this is really like people are like, oh, she's so awful, she's so evil. No, she's so disconnected from reality. That mm-hmm. that is what that is like. It is a a psychotic break where um, they are disconnected from um, reality, mm-hmm. and and that's what causes those hallucinations or those delusions where they feel like um, I have to do this in order to protect my kids. That's essentially it. Still boils down to like protecting their kids. Like yeah, um, you know, this is just. I have to do this thing in order to protect me and my kids. Um, but yeah, like Whitney was saying, it really does. That is what grasps all the media's attention. And so then people do mistake that for postpartum depression. Wow. See, I didn't even know all of that. And I think mm-hmm. for me, it was just postpartum anxiety. And it was like, I would just have these intrusive thoughts all the time. Like, oh my gosh, well, what if my baby like wraps herself up in her blanket and she ends up smoking mm-hmm. herself? Or what if I drop her and she hits her head and breaks her neck? Or like, it was all these crazy, like what if yep. thoughts um, yep. that would just bombard me all day, mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. And that ended up causing me to just be very like overprotective and like, like for a while I was like okay not even my husband can touch her like it's just me I just want to hold her like I have to see her like I couldn't Mm -hmm. sleep like with her in the other room because I'm like I just don't know what's happening I would sleep with the camera up um it was it was taking over for a while like all of these thoughts and they would just turn into my actions making me like have to feel like I have to have eyes on her 24 7 Mm -hmm. um and I just could, I didn't understand. So is there like a particular reason or is there something that our bodies go through or have they been able to kind of get an understanding as to why this may happen to us after childbirth? Yeah, so, you know, this, our kids are like our greatest prized possession. So it makes sense that we want to like protect them from any and all harm. Mm-hmm. But like from a physiological standpoint, um, when we have kids, our amygdala grows And so the function of the amygdala is to kind of like watch out for danger, kind of like protect, like, hey, don't do that. You know, that might not be too safe. And so you think about when your amygdala, your amygdala is like wider and more open, everything seems like a threat. And so, um, and there was a study done where they um, examined the, the brain of new mothers and their partners and the mom's amygdala was like three to four times bigger than the dad's, mm-hmm. right? Which makes so much sense of why moms usually experience the postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but dads can too, you know, but that's a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> <You know? laughs> dads, they can, uh, but just like from that physiological and biological standpoint, we are primed for that because we need to protect our baby. That is a biological factor. Um, but some other things that can like contribute to that as well is like if you've already struggled with anxiety mm-hmm. or if there's a family mm-hmm. history of anxiety or any mental health challenges, right? Then you might be more um, susceptible to experiencing these perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's just a very vulnerable time. Like our hormones aren't fluctuating. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times some people mistake the term baby blues for postpartum mm-hmm. depression or anxiety and and the difference between that is that the baby blues is that is like determining on your 
the hormones being out of whack, right? Like uh-huh. you, you have all these hormones coursing through your body to help sustain this life for your child while they're in you. And then once you leave, those hormones plummet, they drop. And so your brain is like, what, what, world? Like, what happened? And so we typically to see symptoms of like sadness and just, um, you know, maybe weepiness and heal mm-hmm. with the baby blues, but they typically don't last longer than two weeks. You know, two weeks is when we're like, okay, if you're still feeling like this, this might be a really good time to go talk to a mental health therapist because it's lasting for too long. And we'd rather be safe than, than sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a yeah. lot of times what women will say, you know, when we talked about like not being able to identify those, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. you're feeling with words, like what, we're, what we will hear often is, I don't feel like myself. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, boom, you don't feel like yourself. All right, let's figure out some resources and support. Because we want you to feel like yourself. But we also know that this is such a vulnerable time when you may not. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So are there any like activities or like maybe just um, ways that a woman can like help to combat or push back against depression, postpartum depression, anxiety and um, postpartum psychosis? These things that we just talked about, like, are there any things that women can do to try to prepare themselves or um, even in the midst of it to keep in mind? Yeah. So, so for one, I think it's important to know um, your risk factors, right? So that you can then prepare because that's what we talk a lot with our clients about creating a postpartum plan, right? Like we know we have the education or hopefully you have someone giving you the education of what can happen. So then Mm -hmm. we can prepare and plan for that. I think, um, Support is such a big factor in how you will transition and adjust into uh, motherhood. And so making sure that you have that as a part of your postpartum plan. So who's going to come over after? What are they going to bring, right? On what days? Mm-hmm. Um, and then creating a list. Like a, everybody's always like, tell me what you need. What do you need? And in the midst of it, like you're probably like, girl. I don't even I know. Need, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so you know, thinking, trying to prepare for that and like creating a to-do list, you know, Mm. that you can post somewhere on your refrigerator or something. So when guests come in, you don't even have to use your energy to tell or think about what it is you need. Like go to the list on the refrigerator and pick a a task, whether it be Mm -hmm. throwing a load in the washing machine, you know, or a load of dishes in the dishwasher, you know, who, who can I ask in the event that I do need something? Um, I think something else that's important too, is like planning for sleep. So mm-hmm. sleeping shifts, if you are fortunate enough to have a partner or a supportive partner, you know, being able to break that sleep up in shifts so that you can get, you know, at least four to six hours of uninterrupted protective sleep where he on baby feeding duty, he on diaper changing duty, and, and you are sleeping and then swap off, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we kind of think about the time that that'll take away from that we have with our partner but again this is just a season right like mm-hmm. this won't last always mm-hmm. this is just what we need to do to get through right now um and then I think about you know having resources in place you know be preventative instead of reactive so you know while you're pregnant have that therapist on standby you know let all your family and support system know this is who you need to reach out to if I'm starting to act like not myself right something mm-hmm. that I can't identify but you identify for me 
um, lactation consultants to be able to, you know, help you navigate and transition breastfeeding if you want to breastfeed, mm -hmm. you know, or just baby feeding tips in general. Um, yeah. Pelvic floor therapists, that is something that we do not talk about Mm -hmm. at all oh my gosh um, you know what it's so crazy I'm sorry to cut you off but it's so crazy I did not even know that was a thing um mm -hmm. the first time I had ever really heard about it um fun fact the first time I'd ever really heard about it I had just moved to Charlotte and I joined a live that you guys had with Dr. Kwane which is how mm -hmm. I got introduced to you guys and Dr. Kwane um mm -hmm. but like um I didn't even know that was a thing until I joined mm -hmm. the live that day and I'm like it just, it, everything starts to make sense. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you're not told about these things, like you're so unaware of like, so all the things yeah. that happen to your body mm -hmm. and your mm -hmm. mind once you have a kid. And it's like, no yeah. one really talks about it. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about it. Moms are super, super underserved. Mm -hmm. Like we're so underserved there. We do not receive the support and not just from like our immediate families like mm -hmm. society in general mm -hmm. because why don't we know that like what do you mean I'm housing this baby in my like uterus <laughs> which is sure. pressing down on my pelvic floor so it would make sense that I would need pelvic floor therapy why are you not telling me that yes and why isn't <laughs> it like why aren't like the doctor's offices and stuff like that even if it's like not something that they do like why aren't they promoting it more like that was one of the yeah. things that like once I knew about it it's like once you know something you can't unlearn it so it's like mm -hmm. I can't ignore it like I can't I don't know so it was that once I knew about it, it was like, well, I'm looking around the doctor's office every time I go to a visit and it's never told. Mm -hmm. No one says yeah. anything mm -hmm. to me about it. Nobody ever says it. And, you know, I think I'm very fortunate enough to have like a very wonderful OBGYN, but there are still some things that, you know, I didn't know mm -hmm. but because there's so much information, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's so much information and we... Um, we can't really expect one person to be able to dish out all that information, but then that's when society and community in general needs to like pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what you guys are doing with your practice. I love it um, in hearing your story. And it's just like, there's so many things that I've picked up from my sessions with Tiffany. But then also, like I said, when I first got introduced to you guys, you were telling me about a resource that I had no idea that I mm -hmm. may even have needed. And so I was able to um, reach out to her and like set up sessions after the baby. And it was like, she joined my team. Like earlier, you mentioned like your support system. One mm -hmm. thing when you said that is like, I immediately, and especially before I had McKinley, like I immediately just thought of, okay, well, is my mom going to come into town and help me watch the baby? Mm -hmm. um, but like, as I got into it and I reached out to, we took a birthing class um, and then we found out there was a lactation class. And then we found mm -hmm. out about, um, there was another class that we had decided, I think we were going to sign up for, it was something else, but like there were a lot more, oh, we had a doula as well. Mm -hmm. And so just mm -hmm. trying to figure out like all the pieces. For me, I just knew that this was going to be like something big. Having a big baby, I realized was bigger than just going to the hospital, pushing out a baby and going. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. um, And I think it came from like listening to you guys talking and listening to um, Dr. Kwane, Dr. Q. And it was just like, there's so much that goes into this. And so I wanted to have my team ready. Like I wanted to have 
like people that knew about what was going on because my husband and I didn't. So when we mm-hmm. met with our doula, she would tell us like, you don't have to make a decision right there while they're looking at you and right after they mm-hmm. give you your options. Like you can tell them to go stand out in the hallway, give you a couple minutes, come back and see you in 30 minutes, however long. And mm-hmm. you and your husband can talk about like, it was just very, I felt very empowered um, when I had, when I had made sure I had the right people on my team or just making sure, I don't know, I just felt as prepared as I could be. And there's just some things that you just can't prepare for, but trying to be as prepared um, as possible. I like that idea um, because honestly, like if I hadn't already known about you guys, I probably wouldn't have even known where to to start looking for Mm -hmm. therapists, you know? So just taking the time in the beginning to do a little research definitely Mm -hmm. helped me on the back end. And I also like what you said about sleeping in shifts. My husband and I tried that and it was amazing because I'm a night owl usually. So I would take the first shift and I would stay up with her from like 10 o'clock to like, I don't know, halfway through the night, beginning of the morning. And then my husband's a morning person. So he would take her from there, but it at least allowed us to both get some type of sleep because without that, we were at each other's neck. Like it was (laughs) crazy in the house. I think because people underestimate sleep, right? Like we live in this like society where it's like rise and grind, you know, you yeah, you no sleep, sleep when I die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, okay. You do that if you want to, <laughs> you're not going to be no good to nobody. That's true. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a very tough time. I read a book and they were saying how like that first six months of a baby's life um, to possibly, if possible, don't look at your spouse as your spouse, but look at them as your teammate. You guys mm-hmm. are coming together as a team to try to figure out this new life. And then you guys can take a second to like reconnect with your marriage. And I thought that was, mm-hmm. how, I thought that was a good way to look at it as well. Cause we really were like just fighting to stay on top mm-hmm. of the floor. I wasn't thinking about like our relationship in that moment. It was more like, all right, mm-hmm. how are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah, that's something too that we talk a lot with our clients about is just like this I promise you this is not gonna last (laughs) your baby gonna sleep through the night like they are going to sleep through the night eventually we just gotta do what we gotta do right now and kind of haven't been able to like kind of see that like okay there will be a finish line at some point kind of like keeps you going Yes, because you when you're in it in that moment, it feels like this is going to be forever. And it feels like mm-hmm. the nights. Oh, my gosh, I used to dread when the sun would go down. I'd be like, yes. oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes, same. And I would literally get so like I would be anxious, like my body would physically react when the sun like, oh, boy, here we go. Ain't nobody about to get off the <laughs> Yes, yes. OK, OK. So I have, a, I have my last question for you is any advice? that you have for millennial moms or a woman that is like, you know what, I am planning, I really want to have a child, any advice that you would have for um, new moms and um, moms-to-be? I think first is use social media as a healthy tool. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the time when I work with a lot of moms, like, I get that postpartum and pregnancy can be funny. There's a lot of great reels and memes and stuff about it. And you do need comedy to get through pregnancy and postpartum <laughs> and being a parent because there's a lot of unexpected things that happen that you like with in the world. But I do think one of the things that I have to tell moms is don't 
feel the need to be into this pressure of being able to do it all when you see it on social media, feeling like, okay, I watched this reel and I get moms like, Whitney, I watched this and she cleaned the house and she put the baby down by two and then she worked out and then she like made dinner. And I'd be like, girl, that is social media. Like use social media as a healthy tool because you're going to spend a lot of time scrolling at night. You're going to spend a lot of time scrolling when you're feeding babies. So make sure you use it as a healthy conducive tool I think is really important for millennial moms um I think the body image piece we get so many things around like you got to bounce back you need to snap back you need to do this all of the things around six weeks you need to get it on and pop in like (laughs) remember that these things are what people are putting out on social media I think for millennial moms is we get so many conflicting messages upon social media or advice So one of the things I say is don't avoid some of the challenges that parenthood and postpartum or pregnancy may face, but get the tools that's needed. We don't think about getting a therapist in the midst of pregnancy and postpartum. It's like, well, I don't want to experience that. You can't tame it or name it when you are in the midst of it. So get those things. Be able to talk about how am I going to talk to my partner about I need some sleep or I need to ask for help. Like, how do you even think of think about those things in a positive way versus when you get in it and you don't have the words to say? Um, so I definitely think view mental health as a tool. You use social media as an outlet and healthy tool. And I think also let go of some of the unrealistic expectations that are put on, especially black women, for mm-hmm. us to be superwomen and do it all still get up like let that go like that has never helped us it hasn't helped us it just burns us out because it's just been so important in remembering like you cannot do it all and you're not expected to do it all I yeah. love that Tiffany were you going to add something yeah I was just going to say you know a lot of times my my tip is surrounded about the realistic realistic expectations too you know have realistic expectations you know you're not gonna have it I know we want to have it all figured out but we're not gonna have it all figured Mm -hmm. out and and that's okay like you're learning a new you you're learning a new baby and how to fit all these new things into your existing life Mm -hmm. so let's just flow with it and not try to force it yeah and I think also one of the things me and Tiff often tell the moms we work with, whether they're conceiving, pregnant, postpartum, or a parent and a toddler, is like, you're not going to enjoy every aspect of parenting. Mm-hmm. Like, don't expect that you <laughs> are going to have this ponies and roses pregnancy and skip through and had this baby and love this baby. Like, you love your child, but there are some moments of motherhood are just that are just not fun. There are areas of it that make you be like, you know what, get somebody else to do it. But, you know, like you have to remember that that's okay to say, I don't always enjoy being a mother. Like there are certain anxieties that come with being a mom that people will never understand. Mm. Um, There are certain stressors. Even with my dads, I have to tell them you are in provider mode right now. Let's switch back on over here to you being in tune and understanding your child and partner. Mm -hmm. So just understanding you're not going to enjoy all parts of motherhood. You're not expected to. It's okay to say, I don't feel like doing this today. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay so understanding that too yes I love I love all of that uh, because I think I could relate to literally all of what you said the mo- the one that I really really love though is like the social media using it as a positive um mm-hmm. tool or a positive outlet because like you said at middle in the middle of the night when you're feeding the baby like a lot of times you're going to be scrolling and so mm-hmm. making sure that like you are looking at like things that are going to feed you in the right way I think mm-hmm. for me one of the things I've started doing was I follow this woman's page and she talks about like all of the unspokens about motherhood but she makes it funny and so mm-hmm. 
it's not just me seeing a woman that just had a baby in a full face of makeup with her hair done. And I was like, yeah, I definitely did not look like that. And I think that sometimes the image that we have for like what motherhood and like having a baby is supposed to look like, like you're supposed to be dressed all cute. You're supposed to have your Mm -hmm. hair. And I don't, that's just not a lot of people's reality. Like that's just not. (laughs) So I had to. Yeah, I had to be okay with like my hair was a mess and I did not take <laughs> like I took maybe one picture and it barely had my face in it so like, <laughs> like just gotta get just being okay with not comparing myself to what I see on social media. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's something that maybe like our parents and their parents didn't really have to experience, right? Because they didn't have social media. And so it also creates this sense of like toxic positivity, like where Mm -hmm. you are supposed to enjoy, you know, parenthood all the time. Like Whitney was saying, like, it's okay. You know, my kids had a stomach bug this week. And I was like, if somebody don't come get these kids, (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, it's not going people on social media are like showing their highlight reels like mm-hmm. I tell my clients like girl she was probably crying in the car before she got That's on this, this phone mm-hmm. like you know don't people are not airing their dirty laundry all the time mm-hmm. so you know take what you need because it does offer some benefits but then leave the rest that don't like make you feel good then that let's leave that where it's at because mm-hmm. social media is not you got you're not going to get the the full picture I agree and I think also being aware that you don't have to take all advice like understanding unsolicited advice and that you don't have to take it you can be like okay cool thank you but (laughs) being a millennial mom like you don't have to feel like okay because my mom said this is how I treat a cold for my baby or because I need to put cereal in the bottle at three months like no I can change the narrative around here I don't have to take advice I can hear it but I don't have to use it as goal or you know like this has to be that way because you get a lot of unsolicited advice being a new mom and a new parent people just be wanting to talk <laughs> you, you, you ain't got it let it be you know like I got yes. this you know it's, it's okay I- I limit the people that I ask. Like, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't even ask people questions, especially if I'm like, mm, I see how you operate. I'm not even going to ask you. Yeah. Like, and then I, I see moms post on, on Facebook and stuff all the time. And you just never know what you're going to get. And everybody's experiences are different. So mm-hmm. I don't pull social media for how I'm going to raise my kid. Like, I just, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's not like maybe a recommendation on a stroller or something, but like, as yeah. <laughs> right (laughs) you gotta be careful man and you really have to just go with your gut um Mm -hmm. you really do yeah yeah and it it might be hard to know what what is Mm -hmm. your like gut telling you versus like anxiety and I think that is really a good indicator Mm -hmm. that you should reach out for support talk to a maternal mental health therapist so they can help you like learn to listen to your gut and what that really looks like opposed to what the anxiety looks like I agree I love that because I know I've probably made decisions out of anxiety versus like <laughs> <laughs> it's something you got to learn but I love it I love it all and I think you ladies are doing great work I really appreciate it I'm glad you stepped out and started your practice now um for my listeners I would just want you if you could share maybe your Instagram handle um your website where can people find you how can they find you um if they're like hey I want to talk to somebody Mm-hmm. So um, we are on Instagram at raising.resilience. Um, 
our website is weareraisingresilience.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and our Twitter <laughs> is at raising and then res, like just R-E-S. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, thank you ladies so, so much. This was very informative. I think I've learned some stuff too. So I think this is going to be helpful to a lot of women. Um, and I just thank you guys for coming on and sharing today. And I thank you for all the work that you're doing. Mm, right. you're thank you thank we you appreciate so it for having us all right ladies i hope this was helpful for you i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope that you got some type of information um if ladies you're like hey i really think i want to talk to a counselor i highly suggest you reach out to whitney and tiffany set up a consultation um i'll leave their link to their website in the show notes um so please 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 reach out um definitely having somebody on your side to help you figure this out and navigate through this whole postpartum phase is so so helpful and um so so needed and you're not crazy or you there's nothing wrong with you if you need help so keep that in mind um you guys um feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or if you just want to chat you can find me on instagram at she will not fail you can find she will not fail underscore that is you can find me on facebook at she will not fail clt i'll leave all of those links in the show notes and until next time i will see you later <laughs>